0: Well, how many of us have ever had that one person at work who gets on your last nerve? I mean, absolutely. Maybe maybe they're the one who always tells the inappropriate jokes. Maybe they're the person who does not pull their weight, but seems to have everything given to them anyway. Maybe it's the person who every other word is a word that you would not say to your best friend, much less your mother. Um, Maybe it's someone who just adds to your work. Here's more for me to do. Today we are finishing out our two-part series, Workplace Woes, Being Christian in a Bad Job. Last week we talked about our relationship with our boss. This week we're going to look at uh, everybody else. The title really for the sermon is Being Christian in a Bad Job. And upon study, uh, as I studied and studied for this, you begin to realize there isn't much difference between being Christian in a bad job and just being Christian. There's not a whole lot of difference there. If we live out our faith the way God calls us to live out our faith, then we'll find that most of the time we're going to be Christian in a bad job. Now the warning here for this morning is that much of this might seem like overlap from your boss because you're supposed to react and act the same way to everybody regardless of who they are. So there could be some overlap, but today we're in Romans in, in the 12th chapter, starting in verse 9. And it says there Love must be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Show family affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another and show in honor. Do not lack diligence. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be in agreement with one another. Do not be proud, instead associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Try to do what's honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, on your part, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for his wrath, for it is written, Vengeance belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in doing so, you will be he heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time and use it for your glory. Father, use me as a vessel and the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you and praise you for your love. And we ask all these things in the name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake and all God's people said, amen. So there's a lot of stuff here. Barry might have been right. No. Uh, When I read this text, there are lots of details, right? But there are certain main points that stand out that really deal with how we must live our life. And the first one is, you must be who you say you are. You must be who you say you are. It says love must be without hypocrisy. Now, literally, a hypocrite in the Bible, the word comes from the Greek. It means an actor, one who wears a mask. And so when Jesus uses the verb, the, the word hypocrite, he's saying they look like they're doing what's godly, but they have no esteem in God's eyes. They're, they do the things that they think looks good. They do the things they think they're supposed to do, but they're not really doing what God called them to do. It's very easy to put on a show. It's very easy to check the boxes. It's very easy, To look like you're a believer, but you need to be the person you say you are. We have to be honorable. We have to do the things that God would call us to do. We have to be genuine, the real McCoy, as as Grandma would put, not a fake, not a knockoff. Somebody who is genuine in the things that we do. We are who we say we are. We live the life we're called to live. We're genuine in our walk and in our actions. Because people will forgive a lot when you're a genuine person. When you are who you say you are and you live by the standards that you claim that you live by and you actually do that, when you do mess up, people are going to say, okay, he messed up. She messed up. But if you're one of those who says, yes, I'm a believer. I go to church every Sunday. I tithe 15%. I'm always there when the doors are open. It's good. But then the rest of your life, you look like, you know, Cooter Brown, like Mama used to say. You know, out, all, out on the town, doing all those things. Ellen came by the other day my house. No, they're not Cooter Brown. This is a whole different story. Um, <laughs> she came by my house to uh, ask me about church on Sunday. And I told her, you know, now if I was one of those people who claimed one thing and did another, I could use this as an excuse to get drunk. Because I could go to the store and buy me a case of Corona and just say, I can't come to church, I'll have a case of Corona today. <laughs> you know, that's what we can't be. We can't claim for one person that we are this person and not be that person. I've often said, it doesn't matter to me what people do. If, if the Bible doesn't say don't drink, it says don't be drunk. I personally don't drink. That's just the choice that I've made. But I have a problem with someone telling someone else you can't drink all the while they do it themselves. We have to be genuine. We have to be who we say we are. But also, Paul here says, we have to focus on that which is good. He says, cling to that which is good. We live in a world that makes it easy to focus on the negative. Have you watched TV lately? Have you seen the news lately? Have you seen all these things? I mean, there are people, there are people knifing people in Sam's Club for toilet paper. That's the world we're living in. That's what's going on. Those are the things that happen. It's easy to focus on the news. In the news, when I was uh, studying journalism a little bit in college, it was if it bleeds, it leads. Which that means if it's, if it's very dramatic, if, it, if it'll make someone click on the link, if they'll pick up the paper because they read the headline, that's what you're putting out there. It doesn't matter how negative it is. It doesn't matter anything. What matters is that it catches someone's attention. But as a believer, we're called to be different. And we're called to look at the world in a different way. We're just called to look at the fallen world and see potential. When Jesus looks at us, he doesn't look at us and just see our fallenness. He looks at us and sees who we can be through following him. When we look at those around us, we need to look at them and see potential. We have to focus on the good in this world. Paul here gives some examples, lots of examples. Rejoice in hope. So often we get caught up condemning the negativity. We forget about the hopeful part of it. We forget that for every person who's died, there's another one who didn't die. We forget that for someone who the ends didn't meet this month, somebody else got a windfall. I I find it. I had a professor who, uh, in seminary, made the comment to me, and it stuck with me to this day. He said, be careful what you pray for. When you pray for someone to get a new heart, you're praying for someone else to die. Ouch. There is bitterness and sorrow that always somehow goes along with hope. As believers, we're called to rejoice in the hope. He says, pursue hospitality. Be persistent in prayer. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Ooh. Hmm. Jesus said we're supposed to pray for them. We have a tendency to want to say, Jesus, I really wish you'd help them see the error of their ways and just put obstacles in their way so that so that they can do what I need them to do. Or even like in the Psalms, what's the Psalms the do? The psalmist would say, Lord, please get vengeance for me. Psalm 137, one of my favorite psalms. And everybody was like at me, why is it one of your favorite psalms? Because it is a psalm of sorrow. It is a psalm of remorse. It is a dirge because they sit there, and the very end of it is, O oh, Babylon. How happy is he who dashes your infants against the rocks? What? But that's what they were praying. Well, we're called to pray for those who pray. Not that kind of prayer. We're called to pray and say, God, I know they've been against me. And I know they've wanted to hurt me. And I know they've stood up and done things behind my back. But can you bless them? Can you give them... Blessings that will turn them to you. See, we usually pray. God give them hardships that will turn them to you. We're we'll to be praying blessings. We're supposed to bless those who pray. Associate, he says, with the humble. Don't be proud. Associate with the humble. Live at peace with everyone, if it's up to you. Live at peace with everyone. That's hard. You ever get mad at somebody? It's very hard when you're mad at somebody to live at peace. You ever start lobbing these little grenades? Facebook is a blessing and a curse. Because some people don't know how to use Facebook in an appropriate and adult manner. They just, you know, woof. and and, and, you know, I pray for self-control because sometimes I want to mouth off. Last night somebody said something and nobody here. um, Somebody said something I talked about this whole thing and I went, just shut your mouth, Troy. And I just believed it because I couldn't say it. But so many people, you get on there and they just lob grenades at one another, right? They just say things back and forth. But we're called to live at peace with everyone as far as it's up to me. Sometimes that means I bite my tongue when I don't want to. Sometimes that means that somebody else gets their way when I don't want to. We're called to be honorable. Focus on the good. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Paul said in Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any moral excellence, and if there is any praise, dwell on these things. Focus on the good. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say, okay, focus on the good. He says, you must shun that which detracts from good. It's not good enough to only focus on the good because we also have to actively war against evil, we have to put up a fight. If you've been following our readings in in, in the morning, we're in Deuteronomy, and a lot of it's repeat. I'll admit that. We're repeating things that have already happened. But there are warnings that God keeps telling Israel over and over and over again. When you go into this land that I have promised you, when you go in and take possession of it, and this is where we cringe today in 21st century America, kill them all. God says, wipe them out. Don't leave anything behind. And us as Christians, we look at that and we go, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and we have a hard time putting those two together. But what God was saying to Israel in that moment was that they had to wipe out in war against the evil. He said, you know, because if you don't wipe them out, the temptation is there. He said, bud, you're going to be walking along, and you're going to see some non-Israelite girl, and you're going to go, hey, hey. What's your number? And you're going to end up in relationships. And you're going to end up married. And the reality is, even today in most homes, Mama's the one who brings kids to church. Mama's the one who's raising people. That's just the fact of the matter in the world. Right? And so he said, when you intermarry with Mama, Mama's going to change the way you do things. She's going to take you to worship her idols. She's going to take you and show you the way her family did things. And you're going to follow. Because we all know if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. But God tells them to wipe them all out. And it seems so foreign to us, but he tells them for a reason. Because we are called to war against the bad and the temptations and traps in our lives. If we don't actively war against these things, if we don't stop, we find ourselves fallen. Again, he gives these examples. He says, Don't be lazy. You know how easy it is to be lazy? You know, I mean, when the time changes, and what used to be 4 o'clock is now 5 o'clock, and you wake up, and it's completely dark outside, it's very easy to want to say, 15 more minutes. 15 more minutes. But he says, war against laziness. He says, war against greed. He says, share with the saints in their needs. It's so easy for us to say, as we've seen in our culture this week, it's so easy to say, I need toilet paper. And we grab the toilet paper. It's easy to do that, right? It's easy to take care of my needs. I mean, I met a, a church member at Dollar General the other night. She and I were both there. I won't mention her by name. Uh, She's not here, so she had not have to be embarrassed. I'm still gonna mention her by name. We uh were both in there, and we both come out and we had both bought two things of toilet paper. That's why we bought them. And she I was and when I was in that store, I went back to the back of the store and I got a, I got a pack. And I walked back to the front and I stopped. And I thought, people are crazy. So I turned and I walked back, and there was another guy walking. The other owl looking at me because he still had a thing of toilet paper in his hand, too. And we looked at each other and I went, People are crazy. And we both grabbed the other one back to the front. So we have extra if you need toilet paper. I say that's it. You know, we, we, it's easy to see the greed. It's easy to want to take care of yourself. But Paul says we're to share with the saints and their needs. We're to give if we have to give. We're not to hold back. He says, Don't be prideful. It's so easy to be prideful. It's so easy to say, Well, I'm a good believer and they're not. There's a, very da- there's a real danger for us today. There's a real danger for us in this room today to walk out of here thinking, well, I'm a good believer because we had church this morning. Other people stayed at home. Well, it's easy to be prideful in that, but it's up to each person in their conscience what God would have had them to do. That's where we can't be prideful. We can't say, okay, we're good. He says, don't think of yourself as wise. don't seek revenge Colossians 3.80 also says but now you must also put away all of the following anger, wrath, malice, slander and filthy language from your mouth we have to actively work to, to, to keep evil away we have to actively war against evil the Christian faith is not a passive faith it's not something where we go and scan our card and we're good now we continue to walk and to continue to work. But he also says, you must diligently do the work God has called you to do. We can't be lazy in our faith. If we're not diligent to do all these things, we fall. He says, we're supposed to show affection to one another with brotherly love. Outdo one another in showing honor. Ooh. A little competition is always good in showing honor. How could you show honor? How can I show honor better than the person next to me? Serve the Lord. Share with the saints. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live life with those around you. There is no reason for any believer or anyone else in this world to go through problems alone if they know someone who knows Jesus. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. God has called us to do more than He has called us not to do. Now, let me explain that. I have a friend who told me, well, I want to be a Christian, but the Bible's just a big book full of, full of don'ts. I told him, if you would spend time trying to do the do's, you would never get to the don'ts. There are more things to do in the Bible than there are not to do. And if we spend our time doing the do's, we wouldn't have time for the don'ts. Like we said last week with your boss, work as if God is the person you're working for. You don't, you don't work for yourself. You don't work for, for, for all the things for the past on the back. You work because God is the one who's called you to this. But he, he ends with saying what? You must not give up. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Stand firm, stand up, and carry on. I've got a bad 90s song in my head now. Um, tub thumping. Anybody know tub thumping? Yeah, see, uh, I get knocked down, but I get up again, you know. Um, you never thought you'd hear that in a sermon, did you? There we go, you know. That's it. We're called to overcome. Sometimes we're going to fall. Sometimes we're going to fail. Sometimes we're going to seek vengeance. Sometimes we're going to be greedy. Sometimes we're going to be prideful. We're going to do all these things we're not supposed to do sometimes. But just because you've fallen doesn't mean you don't get back up, dust yourself off, and continue on. The truth is, he says, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not be conquered. It doesn't mean we're not going to lose some battles. It doesn't mean that we're we're not going to sit there and go, God, I messed up. I don't know how many times I've said, God... You're not going to want me back after this one. I mean, that's how we feel, isn't it? God, man, I really messed up this time. I really did something that was so bad. But God always says, you know what, come on. Come back. Get up, dust yourself off, and keep going. It means every time we get up and we start again. And if we continue on, we're promised that we can actually overcome evil. Evil doesn't win until we quit trying. I forgot who it was who said, Evil can only prevail when good men do nothing. It's just the truth. When we stop, when we say you've beat me, that's it. We're done. Nothing else can be done. But when we step up and say, okay, God... I'm going to follow you. And I'm going to fall but I'm going to get back up. And I'm going to focus on the things you've told me to focus on and I'm going to shun those things you've told me to get rid of. And every time I don't shun or every time I don't focus and I fall down, I'm going to get back up because you've told me to keep going because you've told me I'm going to overcome evil. You've told me as long as I keep going and I trust in you, I'm going to overcome. And that's what I'm trusting in, God. That's what I'm going to do, but we can't do it on our own. We can't do it by myself. I can't keep going by myself. I can only do it through him. I can only do it with the one who died for me and gave me the freedom to follow, gave me the power to overcome. Maybe this morning, maybe you've been struggling with the focusing on the good. Now's the time to rededicate it. Turn off the internet, turn off the TV. Pick up your Bible. Read the good news in there. Maybe this morning you've been having a hard time shunning that which is not good. It's so easy to want to grab a hold of these things and say, oh, this is my favorite. Well, we got to be careful when things are our favorite because they might become our idol. We don't like hearing that, It's, it's uncomfortable. But you know, your kids can be your idol. Your spouse can be your idol. Your job can be your idol. Anything can be an idol if we put it before God. Maybe this morning you just want to pray. The altar's open. I'll, I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to send to missions or, or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Savior. There's never been a better time than knowing. All it takes is for you to say, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus, and we'll go from there. But wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to him. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask right now that you would take this time, Father, use it for your glory. Father, make every need known. Let no one leave here today feeling like they had a need that was not heard. Father, let no one leave here today not knowing the status of their salvation. Father, we thank you and we praise you. And we ask all these things in the name of your son Jesus and for his sake. <clears throat> Amen.